0: Aloha, thank you for pressing play. Welcome to the Eating Curveballs for Breakfast podcast. I'm your host, Stacey Mahoy, and your biggest fan when it comes to hitting those curveballs that life, sports, or parenting can throw you right out of the park. Thank you so much for listening. Enjoy the show. But First of all, thank you so much for being here. Um, this is I'm here today with Leah O'Brien Amico, and you have been in softball for quite some time. Um, three-time Olympic gold medalist, as well as NCAA champion, all kinds of other great stuff. So I was wondering if you could, for the people who may be listening and unfamiliar with who you are by some chance, um, just introduce yourself. Let us know where you grew up and how you got started in softball and some of your, you know, where you played and so on.
1: Yes, my name is Leah Obranamico. Thank you so much, Stacy, for having me on as well. Um, I grew up in Southern California, in Chino, California, and my parents signed me up in both soccer and softball when I was about six or seven years old. And I just immediately fell in love with both sports. I um, started pitching when I was eight years old. I was a lefty and had, you know, been kind of taken to the game pretty quickly. And people noticed, you know, just kind of a talent with it. And they said, "Your daughter, you should sign her up in, in pitching lessons." and and this is way before pitching lessons were everywhere. You know, we had to drive pretty far away um, to find someone to work with me, but that kind of began this journey for me. Um, I made all stars and just absolutely loved competing, loved my teammates. I didn't play travel ball until I was 14 years old, um, wow. but once, 13 actually. Uh, When I was 14, we went to nationals and our team took first place and I was the winning pitcher. So that was, I tell people that was kind of the defining moment for me, a moment that I realized uh, there's going to be more opportunities in this sport. And that became kind of began my goal and quest of trying to earn a college scholarship. And so I had people, coaches and different people saying, if you work hard in school, that can be an opportunity. Which eventually led me to the chance to compete for the University of Arizona on a scholarship.
0: Very cool. So that didn't—that wasn't like something that was on your mind from like 10 years old necessarily, or it kind of happened a little later. It sounds like
1: it did, and I think we just are in a different time now. There's so much right. more. Um, Visibility of our sport. There's softballs on TV all the time. And when I was growing up, we didn't have that. And I was the first child. Um, My parents, neither of them went to a four year college. So we just didn't have that exposure to any of that. And so um, it wasn't until, you know, later on when kind of these opportunities arose and I was kind of gaining uh, momentum in the sport and visibility and being recognized by other coaches who had those connections that they actually started giving us the wisdom of what actually was out there and so I was fortunate uh, to play for travel ball coaches when I was 16 and 18 years old. Recruiting also is a lot younger these days as well so at that time that's when I kind of started learning that whole process and that became the goal. I
0: was going to ask you about that, what was your recruiting process like obviously now it's very very different, as you already mentioned, but for you, what was it like or what was something that you learned during that process that you think is still relevant today?
1: well, it, it was a lot different. I mean we were deciding our senior years, and for me even then, I tell people it was a hard decision as you know, a 17 year old student knowing that I'm going to college in, you know, 10 months. And so just to think about kids making the, these decisions so early to me is, is you know, I, I can't fathom it. Um, but, I, you know, I think the biggest thing is if you know you're passionate about the sport and you love the sport and you see those programs that now there's a lot of visibility to them. So you see what you like and kind of the atmosphere and the coaching styles. Again, you can watch a lot more than we could do in the past for us to go off what players told us or maybe watching a couple games unless they were really local Uh, and so I think that you know is is good and still relates that if you you go and even if they're younger if they find a fit I don't know how many kids know what they want to necessarily do at the age of 12 and 13 and 14 but if they do um, I think that can relate as well and so you know I I think another thing too I, I tell people this you know I know even when I was uh, in school. And, you know, I um, was recruited, I tell people by just, just a, a few schools, just a few. And it's funny because I think of players who were like, I had so many letters and so many people interested in me. And for me, I'm like, I didn't, I, I maybe had <laughs> three or four. And uh, that was it. And yet I had a chance to go play at University of Arizona, which is one of the top schools in the nation. And so I just want to tell people that it's, it's not all about every team coming after you, but finding that fit. And it might just be those one or two schools that you kind of pick out and you want to make sure you're getting in front of, as well as maybe letting others know in case those don't work out.
0: So when you got to the University of Arizona and, you know, making that transition into college softball, what was most surprising to you going from high school and travel ball into college?
1: Well, you know, just the level of play. You're in high school, you play travel ball. I know you're a freshman at one point, but still the, you know, comparison in travel ball, you're maybe playing with girls that are maybe within a couple years of you, and you get to college, and as a freshman, you're talking about the elite now, the best of the best that make it to that level, and so as a freshman i know for me and a pitcher we would scrimmage in the fall and and laura espinoza one of the best home run hitters this game has ever seen i mean i threw a pitch you know a a low outside screwball and i mean she crushed it
0: (laughs) and i was
1: crushed (laughs) you know i i was like do i belong here like can i do this you know you have those doubts you're comparing yourself to these players that have college experience now. And it was such a growing process, but I think everybody kind of has to go through that that freshman year, that freshman experience. And even by the time we ended up getting to the end of the season, I had grown so much as an athlete. And so, Um, I think that was probably one of the biggest things in school. It really came down to prioritizing. And I felt like, um, you know, I I, studying for me is so crucial. I had to put in the work and the time. As long as I did that, I could, I could have success, but it didn't come easy. And so I feel like anyone who really um, commits to spending the time in, you know, in class and in study hall and getting your work done, uh, you really can balance it all and do well.
0: So I I think that's very interesting because I I know a lot of young athletes will get into college and they're there and they feel that same thing. They're just like overwhelmed. It's different from what they could have ever envisioned because it's just a different level of play. And like you said, there's a lot of doubts and you're wondering, do I belong here? Maybe this is a mistake. And I think it's a good thing to know that that's pretty common. Uh, Just because you feel out of place or you feel stressed or out of your comfort zone doesn't necessarily mean that you don't belong there. So I think it's interesting and it's good that you were able you were willing to share that because I think many young athletes probably need to hear that and need some encouragement because I think no matter what it's an adjustment going from, you know, high school and travel ball into college. And I try to tell families and parents, like expect it to be an adjustment. Expect it to be a transition that's gonna take time to get used to. So that when that happens and all of that's going on, you're not freaking out going, oh my goodness, this is this shouldn't be this way. Or, you know, if you kind of expect it to be, it's going to take time to get used to, it. it's going to be a transition, then maybe it's not so discouraging when it actually feels that way. But um, I'm curious, you know, you've had quite a bit of success as an athlete, as a player on very good teams, as an Olympic gold medalist, um, reaching the very elite level of our game. And so I'm curious, to know what was the best part of all of that what did you love the most
1: oh, I would say the competition of it and the teammates I was so big on I'm so thankful to play a team sport I mean really like I fed off of that and and the quality coaching that I had as well um I you know I just always wanted to be better I had high expectations and felt like I could always get better, but really um, just being able to have my teammates to turn to, to rely on, to have my back and I could have their back and celebrate together. Um, and, and then just the competition of it. I mean, I, I wanted to win, <laughs> I wanted to, wanted to win and I wanted my team to win and I love to go into battle. And, um, and, and the preparation was crucial. I, I say that the same as a student, as I was saying that, Um, For me, like everything came down to practice. I was such a player who was a feel player. Like if I went in and I did all these reps and everything was clicking and I felt good, I felt like, okay, let's go. We can beat anyone. We can play with anyone. We were so prepared. And that was both at college and on the Olympic team. Um, I kind of, I felt that that's where I got my confidence from was from that preparation. And and then again, being around players uh, that push you to be better. I mean, to me, I'm so grateful for that, that, you know, a lot of us had that same mindset is that we weren't going to settle. The expectation was very high. And, um, you know, and that, that was our goal was to, to be the best out there and to, to beat every team that we came up against.
0: So what would you say, I mean, you talked about having your low outside it's probably It's probably a pretty good location being crushed and hit, you know, out of the park. But um, what would you say was one of the toughest Challenges or times of adversity that you went through as an athlete, and what do you think you learned from that?
1: Yeah, so it's funny because my senior catcher, she was a fifth-year senior, and she was my catcher, and she came to me and was like, "Leah, that was a good pitch. It's okay. I mean, this is Laura. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay, you know." And and I remember calling my mom, be like, "I don't know." And my mom's like, "Do you want to come home?" And oh, it's crazy. <laughs> You to think about that but honestly I would probably say it was it was those moments of um of doubt it was those days when you start to struggle because our sport is a sport of failure and in our sport you have ups and downs and you see it in baseball as well these men make millions of dollars in major league baseball and they go into slumps right and and they have different years that are better than other years and different weekends that are a lot better than other weekends and and so you know I I feel like um just that probably the mental game. Really, when you look at the top, the best players have the talent, they're putting in the time, they're doing the conditioning and the strength training. They've done the fundamentals over and over again. They've done the game situations. Okay, so you put all those things in. Well, then it comes down to who are those players can tr- can transfer practice into competition and who, who has that mindset that when, you know, you're feeling your worst, you still can get into that batter's box and think I can still beat this pitcher, even though I don't feel like I'm at my best right now. And so I would say the mental game, because I had times of doubt and, and beat myself up probably, but the key is it pushed me to then go in and take extra cuts and go in early and ask coach to stay after and coach, what can I do? And, and so, um, you know, that's probably what I would say would be those mental, the mental game, the mental process and just doubts that I had. Um, and I'm so glad that I stuck with it and it didn't say, yeah, I don't deserve to be here. I'm out of here.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So, um, do you feel, because I think that, a lot of us go through, I mean, obviously we all go through those times when we're unsure or uncertain or doubting our own ability. Do you still go through that now as just a human being versus being out of the, out of the competition, out of being an athlete? Yeah, you know,
1: I have moments of it, but it's so different now. But really, to me, that ties into my faith. And I know that maybe we'll talk a little bit more about that after. But I have to constantly go back to, um, you know, i know if I, if I put in the work and the time then i know i need to not compare myself because i think that's when i get in the biggest trouble and that's when doubt creeps in um but i, I don't stay there very long anymore and and i, I think I'm better over time but you know you get older you get a little bit wiser and you yeah. see that, that doesn't lead you anywhere positive if anything it yeah. causes you to want to give up and um and i think it's like no what is your passion? What's before you right now? Go out and do it with the best of your ability and then let everything fall where it falls.
0: Yeah, yeah. I think um, that probably does get easier as you get a little older and you realize that, you know, like you said, it doesn't really, it's not productive, right? It doesn't really uh, do anything to, to help you so much. But I also wanted, I was wondering, cause you're also a mother, um, how many children do you have?
1: They so are three boys.
0: Three, three boys. oh, three boys. Yes. Wow. They yes. are brave.
1: <laughs> and they're,
0: well, I was like, okay, we're done. I don't want a fourth boy. I wanted a girl
1: really bad. <laughs> three strikes, sure out. If we want more dog, <laughs> but it hasn't happened yet. So they're ages, ages um, 11, 12, and 16.
0: 11, 12, and 16? Yes. Wow. Okay. So it's interesting that you say that because we started off with three girls. Oh, my and then, goodness. Yeah, so we had three girls for us. And I really, of course, we want, really wanted a boy, too. But um, after we had boys, I tell people, I said, you know, I don't know. If we had started off with three boys, I don't think we would have had any more kids. Because it's just, it's really different and interesting. And it's not that girls are so much easier. But I think, um, like my husband told me when I, we had our first son, he was pretty young. And he just did something that was like, what in the world are you? And my husband just laughs and looked at me and he goes, I'm sorry, but it's going to be crazier than that. Like he's going to do stuff that you're just like, why are you eating? It's not going to make any sense. But <laughs> I'm like, this is what I have to look forward to. He's like, yeah, it's not, you know, but it's very interesting. So your boys are actually old, a little bit older. I thought they were like little, younger. Yeah. Um, so how, how do you think, okay. Cause it took me quite a while to figure out that parenting is like as much of a gross process for me as it is for them. <laughs> So um what have been some of your biggest like aha uh-huh
1: moments or what have you learned along the way? Gosh, I mean so much. And it, it is, it's a continual process, I feel like, because every stage is different. And I think the biggest thing is like how different each of my, my boys are. Um they are crazy, but they were they were <laughs> when they were little and so I was like, Oh my goodness, please let them be better as they get older <laughs> because I I don't know if I can keep doing this and be sane, Um, but, you know, just how different they are and how each of their needs and their, you know, their um, desires. And, you know, for me, I've been just really wanted to focus on what are their talents? What are their gifts? You know, Um, I've messed up so many times. And I think, you know, especially with the first one, and I had four years between my first too. So I could you kind of, I had more time in terms of the different stages. Um, and you learn so much from just that first one, cause again, you've never done it before. And, um, and it kind of sets the tone and, and, you know, I think the biggest thing is just saying, sorry that I mess up a lot <laughs> and there's forgiveness there. And, um, and just seeing the reaction in them and then realizing, okay, I'm sorry too, for what I did. Um, and yeah, and just really, um, trying to be that encourager, but their mom, not their friend, you know, I want what's best for them, but I know that sometimes that's the harder route. And it's, you know, I'm not as fun sometimes. And there's, you know, we're not doing some things. I don't know if that audio is on your end. we're We're not doing some things, um, maybe that other people are getting phones at young ages and my kids don't get it. And so just kind of setting the standard there, I've realized that, you know, um, I've tried to just keep them focused on, here's what our rules are. And my job is to raise you um, to who God's called me to be as a mom. And for you guys coming under that, as well as my husband um, as a dad and, and what that looks like for us.
0: Yeah, it's very, it's definitely, I mean, there's just so many growth opportunities for everyone and I love that they're all so different but that just makes everything new like every child right it's all just it's just because you had one or two doesn't mean that the third one is easier or like a piece of cake or anything they each have their own unique um, design and their own path and their own journeys and their own challenges and their own gifts and yeah. um, but, it's, but that's what makes it fun as well and it's, it's similar. I Guess, even when you're like a, when you're coaching a team,
1: yes, um, just
0: because you've coached a team before doesn't mean that you know everything that's going to work for them this next year or this next season, yeah. Uh, I think, even even with the exact same personnel, like they've they're a year more mature, they're a year more you know, they've got different things going on, so it's always so interesting and so fun to just dive in with this, you know, what's going on right now, like this season, this. Person, this team, but yeah, same way it is with children too. <laughs> so,
1: um, how
0: did you meet your husband?
1: It's, yeah, a funny story. We actually met at a softball tournament. <laughs> and oh. I joke when I tell people, I say, God knew I was busy on the softball field, so he had to send them there. <laughs> um, and I was playing in Columbus, Georgia, and I just made the USA team again after coming back from winning the gold medal my senior year in college. Um, I I took a year off and it would have been my senior year in 96 and then I went back in 97 finished and right after I I finished playing my senior year um, I went to a tournament there and he had come to help our um, SID because he actually had been doing some sports information at University of South Carolina and um, their team had made it to the Women's College World Series along with us so we were both there but didn't meet there. Um, A month later we ended up meeting um, in Columbus, Georgia and Um, really just kind of became a friendship, and I started talking long distance on the phone, and you know, originally my heart was, you know what, Um, this guy, I really like him, he's such a nice guy, and he's cute, (laughs) but I I also was like, you know, um, I had just gone to a, a Christian sports camp that summer with Athletes in Action, and for the first time in my life, heard what a godly relationship looked like, and should be like, and I immediately was like, nope, that's it. That's my new standard. And uh, yeah. so when I met him, it was really more just to to tell him about Jesus. And uh, and that ended up being turned into a relationship and marriage a year and a half later. Wow, that's
0: pretty – that's interesting. Um, <laughs> So you, you met at a softball tournament. That's <laughs> really cool. It's amazing how things work out and how yeah. things can come together. So I, the other thing I was wondering was um, – as you you're still actually involved in the game because you still do camps and you still work with athletes but as an athlete while you were still playing what was your favorite position to play was it pitching or
1: so it's funny because i tell people different things that so here's the thing if you would have asked me growing up for sure 100 percent would have said pitching and i pitched until my sophomore year in college i did a little bit and a tiny bit my junior year in college Um, My freshman year was recruited as a pitcher. My sophomore year, we ended up having two freshman pitchers come behind me and our senior pitcher. And so coach, after the beginning, realized, you know what, you play multiple positions, you play outfield also, I'm just going to keep you out there. And so that kind of became this like, okay, I got to learn outfield. I got to hurry up and, you know, I got to learn how to dive out here. I play first base and pitcher. I don't know how to do that. And so (laughs) uh, I don't know how to make the long throw. I throw like an infielder from the outfield. So, um, so anyways, I, I kind of made that transition. So towards the end of my career, it was funny because um, I, I played two years of center field for Arizona, and then I played first base my senior year. I played two Olympics at right field. And then my last Olympic games, I went back, I went to first base. So it depended where you got me because there was a period of time where I was in the outfield and they threw me at first. And I was like, whoa, I don't even want to be here. Like, I'm not prepared, <laughs> you know? I, and then once once I got back into it, then I was like, oh, yeah, I forgot. Like, I'm involved in every play in the infield, right. you know? So, so I finished at first base. I'd probably say first base because of that. But while I was in that outfield, if I would have finished there, I think I would have said that was my favorite. Yeah. And
0: what about hitting? Because even though you grew up as a pitcher, you also hit really well. So, um, how did that happen? Is that just you just always hit really well or did you get yeah, your hit growing up then?
1: I did. I did. I was usually like number three hitter on the team. Um, I, I'm a lefty and I, I did a little bit of drag and slap, but that was, I tell people like, that was only to move runners. I'm not fast enough to do that ever on my <laughs> own. Like I would never come up with nobody on and not hit. That was my thing. Um, but yeah, I just, I just had success at the different levels. Um, you know, at nationals I would do well with hitting and pitching. And I think when um, Arizona saw me, and it was after the 16 and under nationals that we ended up winning. um, And they saw that I could hit, I could play first base, I could pitch. So then, and then, you know, my first, um, my freshman year, first game, I didn't play. i tell people, I was like, come on team, we got this. Like, go get them, you know? And then the second game I got, I was able to play. And um, we ended up playing Oklahoma State who had a pitcher, Melanie Roach, who played in, I believe all four Olympics for Australia, Team Australia, wow. but she was a stud. And the year before she had, I think, struck out, I went to the game and she had struck out a bunch of Arizona players. And um, I think I got two hits off of her that game. And I think coach was kind of like, okay, maybe she can hit a little <laughs> bit, you know? And slowly but surely, um, you know, I kind of I kind of earned that spot being in the number two spot. And then a, a couple of years I was at number three. So
0: where was your favorite place in the lineup to hit? What's uh,
1: that? Probably, well, gosh, that's a hard one. I probably, <laughs> probably say three because I got to hit and maybe try to get some RBIs more often, even though right. I wasn't a power hitter. I was a line drive, basic contact hitter, but I wasn't going to strike out much. I know you were more of a power hitter, but. <laughs> no. right? Oh, oh, you, no. you, uh, you were?
0: No, growing up. Not at all. I was actually told you're not a power hitter. I was much more of a line drive base hitter. Oh, okay. Um, And I was usually in the one or two. And then I got to college and got stronger. Okay. And um, I ended up in, like, five. So it was really interesting. So, but, yeah, it was that same thing where, um, at least in high school, I struck out a lot more in college. But growing up, um, I didn't, yeah, it, it didn't strike out much. And if I did, it was looking because if I was going to be swinging, it's probably going to hit it somewhere or fall it off or something, right? So so that's always fun. And then, yeah, but it was really interesting to get to college. And then, you know, we did more weight training and we just worked out a whole lot more. Okay. I actually learned how to hit, like, actual hitting instruction. I was like, oh, my goodness, why didn't anyone tell me this before? <laughs> like, I could never hit an outside pitch growing up and still managed to get on a college softball team, surprisingly. Um, so it was really fun. Like, the, the thing I love most about college, I think, was just the, the growth. Just like how you said, in one year, you yes. just learn and grow so much. And that is fun for me to, to see yourself, even though it's hard work. Yeah. And challenging. Um, it's always fun to see yourself just growing and getting better, and alongside teammates who are just putting, you know, working their butt off too is inspiring to be around. So yes. it's definitely an experience that um, I enjoyed, and I tell players like it's a lot of fun. It's hard work. It's a lot of fun, and if you love the game, go for it. You know, there's probably somewhere this day and age that you can get to. Yeah. have a lot more resources now it's yes it's more competitive but you know don't don't get too crazy about it has to be this place or this place keep your options open and uh, you can probably find something and have a blast and get an education and yeah. you know have some fun experiences so um as you mentioned earlier uh, you mentioned athletes in action so i i actually like you came on my radar more frequently recently because someone had told me they were listening to a webinar, I think you were doing about Christianity and softball or something. Um, and so I was like, okay, let me go find her on Facebook and see if I'm following her or friend her or whatever. And, uh, and then you started popping up in my newsfeed more often. So I know that you're very, um, you're talking about it all the time. Like you did Facebook devotionals and share words and encouragement, which is awesome. So I was just wondering if, it doesn't sound like that was something that was part of your life since you were little. something Yeah, that...
1: so I, oh, as, as a little girl, I, my parents took me to church when I was little and they actually for a little while were real um, involved in a church, went on like mission trips, different things. But then They kind of got away from church when I was still pretty young. So I knew about Jesus. um, But I kind of, I tell people I kind of fell into what would be considered American Christianity in Mm -hmm. the sense that I eventually knew about Jesus, you know, wanted to go to heaven, really wanted to be a good person, and kind of thought I was. I prayed sometimes. but. I never truly had an understanding. And I think when you're little that, you know, there's that understanding that that's enough, but you get to a certain age, maybe in, you know, high school where you start to have to really, if people were to question me, I probably couldn't have answered them what I truly believed. And in fact, I look back and there was a time, my, I think my first year in college where someone, um, a friend's father asked me about faith and what I believed because he wanted to make sure I would go to heaven. And I remember being defensive and almost offended that he would even question. But God eventually would show me that shouldn't be our response if we truly know him and we should be thankful and grateful and yes, celebrate that fact. And so God would show me that that rising up in me was showing that I was, you know, like I didn't know the full truth. And so it wasn't until college where a teammate of mine um, two years, uh, she was two years younger than me. And she was, she was just full of, of the love of God. And, and I say that because she knew what her Bible taught and she wanted to live it out. And she wanted to be an example. And anyone who would listen, she wanted to tell about Jesus. <laughs> and all of a sudden it's, it's when you see something like that, then you notice like wait a second what is different about her because most people are like i believe in god we're all good let's go you know but Mm -hmm. something was different like she actually knew that the bible talks about you know going and making disciples of all the nations and that we are to bear much fruit and we're to have the fruit of the spirit love joy peace patience kindness Mm -hmm. you know the different things and so um just, she had that confidence of who God said she was. And so you know, that, that's what changed me was going to a Bible study. And, and I went to that Bible study and, and what God showed me literally from just going to this study, there were only three other people and I felt like they were speaking a foreign language. (laughs) And so God basically was just revealing that I've always said I knew him, but I needed to learn to follow him and what that even meant and who he truly was and so that day started my journey I just said you know what God I do want to follow you and uh, my my life has never been the same since and I didn't know but now I knew once I found out that that was when the Holy Spirit came in and dwelt and my my eternity was promised with heaven and um, what Jesus did on the cross you know uh, made the way for me and everyone else who who trusts in him yeah that's really awesome and it's I
0: think it's always interesting for me to hear about people's journey because some had no background their parents never took them to church others grew up I grew up in it I went to a private elementary school (laughs) Um, but I feel like now I have much more of a relationship than I ever have before Mm -hmm. even though I did a lot more structured Christian things growing up so memorization and all that so it's been very interesting and like for me parenting has been like a walk of faith um, yes, and true. even uh, homeschooling our children as well. And I think you do this,
1: do you homeschool? also? I do. I I homeschool my younger two in 5th and 6th grade. My oldest is a sophomore and he started going to kind of like a part-time um charter school when he was in 8th grade. Um and and so he goes 2 days a week and he so he's home but I but I'm not in charge of his schooling anymore. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay.
0: And so do your children play sports? Your boys? Yeah.
1: So my younger two do, my oldest, we tried a bunch and it is not his thing. Not for him. <laughs> so I had okay, He likes acting and, you know, did guitar oh. for a while and he's very creative and loves history. So I think schooling for him and he's even saying maybe psychology now, but um, my younger two um, play a uh, middle one plays football and flag football so far he wants to do tackle. So we're thinking maybe this year um, as he heads into seventh grade and then my youngest plays soccer.
0: Very cool. So they have okay, soccer and football. What's the toughest thing about being a sports mom for you?
1: Oh gosh, not being able to go out there and do it myself. <laughs> I <laughs> can relate to that. Okay. <laughs> it's so hard because I'm like, I was so aggressive as a soccer player. None of my boys are aggressive. Yeah. <laughs> just that competitiveness and and my youngest, like I feel like he's not sure what's going on. I want him, I wanna like go and like show him what's going on, but um, I just have to learn to be mom <laughs> and just like not always be teaching because the coach in me comes out. I work with softball players all the time right. and they all listen. <laughs> yeah. And so the hardest part um, is definitely like wanting it so much for them and, and wanting them. But again, it's just fun saying, you know what, they're they're finding what they enjoy and I want them to just be able to go out there and learn the the life lessons from sports like I did. And so, um, Yeah.
0: Yeah, I can totally relate to that. I think, um, yeah, when you're really competitive and then you see – and then, like, my kids are very – in some ways very similar to me and in other ways very different. And so it's so interesting to see. And um, I think it's very fortunate that they've chosen sports that I know nothing about. So it's, (laughs) it's a lot easier for me to, like, just sit back and relax and enjoy it. So they made it easy on me. <laughs> so anyway, anything else? I just wanted to. Anything else that you would like, um, whether it's parents, coaches, players, anyone in our youth sports community? Is there anything in particular? There's a large, loud part of my. Is there anything in particular you would like for them to hear today? Anything loud uh, part have... of
1: my. I just think that like everything's a process. Like we need to make sure I think a lot of times we we live in a culture of immediate gratification and and I know myself I've kind of bought into that you want it now, I want everything done now and I just I just look at the past, I look at what God teaches me and everything is a process and if we put in the work and the time and we have that passion for it, there's going to be opportunities. I think it's very important for us to learn the lessons along the way in the hard times because we can waste it, we can run from it, we can jump ship, and that is not going to teach us, and (laughs) things are probably going to come up again later, and so not being afraid of failure, I think that's a big thing too, like I hear from a lot of um, people, coaches, that a lot of players, they practice, but then they're afraid in a game, they're afraid of failure, so then sometimes they won't take the the bat off their shoulder, and it's like, no, if you're going to fail, fail forward, like people say, like be aggressive with everything you have, leave it all on the, on, you know, on the line and just go out and, and do that. And so, um, you know, that's, that's the biggest thing. And then for me, my faith, um, I didn't finish, you know, that, that teammate, that impacted my life. She ended up passing away at the age of 21 and it just rocked me to the point of knowing, you know what, none of us know our days are numbered and we don't know when it is, whether it's, you know, soon or whether it's 50 years from now, but, Regardless, like we need to be prepared, and for me, that's that's why I'm so passionate. Losing her at 21 and the impact she made in my life, I just wanted people to know how much God loved them. I wanted them to know that He has a purpose for every one of us, and that we can truly draw near to Jesus. That He's a personal God, and He loves us beyond measure. And and your life is never the same. You you when you your eyes are open to that truth of who He is, and so and then I just have my medals to share too. I'm. <laughs> Um, wow! This my first medal when I was 21 years old, Atlanta, Georgia, in 1996. 96. And then yeah. Four years later, I went to Sydney, Australia, and um, <laughs> we barely <laughs> won the gold. We lost three. Oh, games. cool! Came back. Okay, Atlanta. so that was that was okay. 2000.
0: Right? 2000. Yeah.
1: And then 2004, and with this one, I was a mom. I had my son Jake. He was three years old. Oh. And I had seen soccer and basketball Olympians do it, and I thought, I want to try to do both. Okay, God, what's Amazing. your plan? And had to work harder than ever, and I was 29 when I retired. Same thing. Oh, uh, my goodness. Yeah, and then so just, we're- just the last thing, real quick, that Go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, with it is just that we never stop growing, whether we're the coach, the mom, the, the student, the athlete, um, anything, we never stop gaining knowledge and wisdom and thinking that we can always. We can always learn and grow from from everyone around everything
0: us. absolutely so what right now um like i said earlier you're still involved in the game you still do coach softball players at camps and clinics and so on what else are you doing right now as far as like anything actually yeah, so, thought,
1: right? so I'm <laughs> on school and then I, I do camps and clinics and I do speaking engagements this week, and I'll be in North Carolina speaking at a Fellowship of Christian Athletes event. Um, I do a little bit of commentating. This year I'll be doing um, right. regionals once again for uh, ESPN and college softball. I do radio for the Women's College World Series. I've done that for about six years now, I think, um, with Westwood One Radio. Um, and yeah, that, that's mostly it. Speaking, any opportunities, um, you know, that come up. I I just constantly say, okay, God, I really believe, you know, God can open doors that we can't. And yet he closes some, sometimes too, and I have to be okay with that. Um, So I really just try to give him my schedule and and just be present wherever I am and, and knowing For me personally, and I know this is probably for you as well, but like he's really just called me to be mom most of all, like not to have a full-time job. Um, So down the road, that may look different for me, but that's what it is now. Everything else supports me being home and being a mom.
0: Very cool. And so, okay, so you like kind of answered that question. Um, If anyone that's listening or sees the video wants to stay connected with you online, what's the best, where are the best places to find Find you or your information?
1: Yeah, so I have a website. It's leah20.com, L E A H 20, that was my number, com. And then I kind of will keep that updated for the most part. Um, Facebook is a big thing. I know not as much of the younger kids, but um, I know it's, it's easy to be able to connect a lot of people. Um, and be able to get the word out. I want to get up a YouTube channel to be able to put those devotions. And I really, I have a heart to do softball devotions. I, at Jenny Finch Camps, um, through all the years, on Sunday mornings, we always would offer a um, like 15 minute devotional uh, where we'd share the Bible and softball. And so my heart is to, um, is to maybe be able to make those, those you know, topics out into a video devotional and hopefully eventually a book devotional.
0: Very cool, and you're going to be in Hawaii later this year, correct? Yes, I,
1: I yeah. will actually. I'm coming out to work with Ruthless Hawaii next in a couple of weeks. Oh, very cool! Um, and then I will come back in September with September. Yeah. And will you be
0: doing a devotional for that event?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah? We awesome. always do it on Sunday morning.
0: Yes. Very cool. Well, thank you so much for your time. I appreciate it. So many wonderful words of wisdom and encouragement for everyone listening so i appreciate you coming on here and doing this for us thank you so much
1: thank you for having me and keep doing keep doing the good work because i think the things you're sharing and the topics are very important to be encouraged thank you very much
0: hey thanks so much for listening to the podcast if you would like to stay connected online you can do so at stacymahoy.com that's s-t-a-c-i-e m is in mary a h o e.com and on facebook facebook.com slash coach stacy you can also catch me on twitter at stacy Mahoy. i'll see you there